0: Right. so brings me to my next question do you ever think texas will get there
1: i do um i like to think on the medical horizon we'll get there before in my head 2025 i don't know i don't know when on the rec side on the and and when i say get there i mean i mean like as as robust of a medical program as there should be yeah um yeah on the rec side i i, I think we're going to be pretty pretty slow to that game but i mean i could be wrong on uh, on how the dominoes fall but one of the big hurdles for me with the stigma just i, I struggle with stigma for a long time after just you know growing up and all the reasons that there there was there but you know i, I had read all the papers and been convinced thoroughly myself but i had kind of apprehension about starting the business and i was talking sure. to a medical medical professional about the guilt and or stigma just the feelings i was having inside and they're like look it's as long as it's something coming from a trusted source, I think it, and like taking care of the right way, like it is, it is something to really get behind. And that was the difference for me. I'm like, well, that's the missing piece is a trusted source. And here we are.
0: Welcome back to Gramps Place, where my guests and I discuss all things of public interest and anything else that might need a little changing in in the good old USA. From ending the drug war and freeing those wrongfully imprisoned for crimes that have no victim, to making government more like what our forefathers intended of we the people again. I talk with doctors, scientists, politicians, and more, so you can make your own decisions on important issues in the USA. My guest in this episode is Coke Power. Born in Dallas, Texas, Colt graduated from the Episcopal School of Dallas before earning his BA in business from the University of Notre Dame. Colt is the CEO and co-founder of Power Bio Farms in Fort Worth, Texas, a 100% vertically integrated hemp farm and cannabinoid company. Having always believed in keeping local business local in Texas, Colt saw an opportunity when the Texas Hemp Bill went into law in 2019. Let's meet Colt and hear the story of Power Bio Farms. Hello, Colt, and thank you for joining me here on Gramps Place.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: I I found your company uh, via LinkedIn. Uh, It's kind of funny. The person that's in in your employ and I are linked linked up on there and I saw a post uh, of y'all working inside your facility and I thought wow uh, this is in my backyard uh,
1: you're you're located in Tarrant County correct correct we are uh, we are technically in the city of Fort Worth um, we are in an area that more people would recognize as Ulysk um it's a we're in a little strip of Fort Worth in between North Arlington and South Euless, um off of one fifty seven. Um so we're really right in the middle of all all the DFW. Proud to claim Fort Worth is home. Um I've I've worked out of Fort Worth for the last ten years. Um, but uh, I live I live in North Arlington with my family and obviously uh building a farm, something that takes as much hands-on uh uh work and attention as it does. I put it as close to my house as I possibly could. So here we are. Cool. I, like I said, I had no idea that, that there was an
0: operation that close to, to me. So, like I said, as soon as I saw it, I reached out and, and hoped to get an interview. Uh, so, because my whole purpose is, uh, of course, I, I advocate for full legalization, adult use, medical uh, is, of course, what drives me because of my son's story. But uh, my, my thing is I try to also... Boost and help help promote the Texas farmers that have come along since we got the the Farm Bill in 2018 and the Hemp Bill here in Texas in 2019. Uh, because so many people don't know. Still, it's amazing how many people are walking around in the public in Texas that still don't know that there are products being produced, not only grown, produced, et cetera, Here in Texas, but that are legal here in Texas to use and are beneficial. So. I'm, I'm happy to have you on the show.
1: Absolutely. Well, we, we uh, as soon as I realized that it was an opportunity available uh, as a business here in the state, um, you know, I started to think of just the way I shop as a Texan and the way I buy anything or, or choose brands. And for the most part, if I see one that's available, that's Texan or that's local, I'm going to buy that. And I know a lot of Texans feel similarly and, um, you know, I've seen the success of our of our uh, craft brewery, craft distillery industry, and, and I try sure. to build the business very similar to that, where, you know, these places that are in a populated place, it doesn't have to be the biggest um, biggest name, but they've got a cool local feel, they, they care about the people and they care about the community, and, uh, and more than anything, too, people can come in and see it and, and get to walk around and meet the people behind it all, and, and that's a big part of, of why we did things, the way we did them and where we did them, too.
0: So so how long have you been in operation now?
1: We moved into the warehouse facility that we were in um, about a year ago, a little, little more than a year ago. Um, I started, I got my license and my first lot permits here in my house where I'm talking to you today, um, but I uh, quickly outgrew our uh, media room and my wife said that was enough uh, enough tents in there. So we got, we got the facility back in March of 2020, uh, no, excuse me, 2021 and um, have been slowly fitting it out and building out custom grow rooms inside of it uh, since then. And we've got room for a couple more. Uh, But right now we've got about a thousand plants altogether um, and we're growing it under the perpetual grow system. So we've got all stages of the plants at all times. Um, We really kind of built the whole facility and operation around the concepts of the way a lot of the uh, successful operations are set up in in legal states but in particular a lot of the new states require indoor um for all kinds of different reasons but indoor and full vertical integration where they want you to be the farm be the extractor be the manufacturer yeah um you know it's a lot to take on at once uh and, and there's a reason that you didn't know about us sooner than than uh, you did i think we spent a lot of time in that warehouse with the plants and with the equipment figuring things out and <laughs> um, <laughs> getting everything just right before we, we let people know about it. But, uh, yeah, we, it, it was all very intentional and and we're proud to, uh, that we do it all, all in one place.
0: Okay. So I, I get the impression from the way you're talking and, and also from when I visited your website that, that product quality is an important thing to you. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yes, sir. Quality over quantity for sure. Um, you know, the pain points that, that led us to building the business. Um, one of which, like I talked about, no good local source or, or no local alternative that I knew of when we, when we dove in, um, but quality being the other one and not to say anything against any other, other brands per se, but I think within the industry, everyone would agree that there's, there's not always the, the most, uh, Uniform quality or there's a lot of a lot of room for room for error or uh or a lot just people cutting corners and that we refuse to do that um and no no better way than to control quality than to make it all yourself and uh with have it done by people you trust
0: yeah uh that that was my next thing you're you are basically a vertically integrated business like you spoke about earlier because you're hundred percent seed to sale correct yes
1: sir we are
0: okay. How many how many different hemp products have you been able to to bring to the market so far? Um
1: our first focus was gummies and I feel really good about our gummies right now. Um our gummies, uh our oil, we've got a couple of different flavors of oil, um just like a sublingual, um, and a balm and capsules and um Couple different pet products, a pet oil and a pet treat. I think that's all, and then within that, a couple different flavor uh, and strength and varieties.
0: Sure. So you've got like a, a good selection, then it sounds like.
1: If anything, I think we're we're trying to to figure out where to where to really hone and focus. You know, as a small operation, um, I think there's a good a good demand and a good um, a good reason for all the offerings we have. But it'll be interesting to see uh, what people continue to gravitate to and and what people prefer what we do best.
0: Yeah, as the market, as more people become aware, I'm sure it's going to evolve quite a bit as time goes on. Uh, So are there any plans to expand that line anytime soon? Are you just going to stick with what you got for a little bit and see how it goes?
1: Um, We have been making uh, a couple different Delta eight products, primarily Delta eight gummies. I know we would like to get into the hemp drive Delta nine. That way we can make everything entirely uh, from our farm uh, right now we do source isolate for the pet products, CBD isolate for pet, so we can have a full THC free for them. Um, and the same thing with the Delta eight, uh, that's just not something we had the capability of making, but obviously it's been a very popular, uh, segment of the market. But, uh, yeah, as soon as we figure out how to, uh, how to get our own Delta nine, um, it's kind of fractionated from the, from the rest of our rosin, um, we, we had, intend to add that as an edible product.
2: Yeah.
0: Have, have you been following along with the, the narratives that are are out in the wings, as I like to say currently about the next up and coming farm bill and things they're going to try to do with that. Maybe.
1: Um, I've heard that the hemp advancement act, I think is probably what you're,
0: uh, I think that's what they're calling it. Yeah.
1: I think that's what it's called. Um, if, if I'm, Correct. I think that threatens that whole nine, or the at least the some of the other isomers. I know delta eight. I can't remember if it addresses the delta nine edibles, um, but I think it it puts a issue into the smokable market, which obviously Texas has its own kind of pending issues um, yeah. <laughs> held up there. Yeah, Ooh. being an indoor grow, uh, out of the gate, that was one of our initial focuses and then that's you know gone back and forth in the courts and we still offer um pre-rolls and we have some really really good indoor grown smokable flower but yeah i have apprehensions about kind of focusing on it as the forefront just not knowing if they're going to continue to allow it
0: well that's kind of why i brought up the the what congress is talking about doing at the federal level and and stuff with the delta 8 delta 10 and the, the hco and all that those derivatives. Uh, because it looks like they're definitely trying to shut those down. But also there's, uh, and I just found out about this at the, uh, I was at the Texas Cannabis Policy Conference at Texas A&M a few months ago, and I was actually a sponsor of that event, and uh, met with Dr. Brimberry. I don't know if you know who he is. He's, He's one of the teacup doctors, but Okay. um uh, he did a, a study with veterans and and the teacup meds and stuff It's some pretty impressive results. I'm trying to get him on the show as well but uh, we were talking with uh, some of the national speakers like that were there from the marijuana policy project and and other things and they had had a panel you know and so afterwards we kind of made a line to talk to these national people right and and get some input. Uh, and his point that he made, which I thought was very interesting, is the talk is that in 2023, there's going to be a new farm bill. Because, you know, they do one every three to four years. There's a new mm-hmm. update to the farm bill, right? It's just standard procedure. Uh, and they're saying it, I was thinking it was going to be this year, but now they're saying, no, it's going to be 2023. Uh, and they're talking about, changing the 0.3% Delta 9 to 1%. And if they do that, that does away with the teacup program in Texas. It totally obliterates
2: it.
0: So that's (laughs) going to be interesting to see how that plays out. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, there's so many moving parts i mean on one hand it's like if we can get that growth that cap increase you know from the farmer perspective oh it's such a huge relief just so so that we can yeah. not worry you know on on the compliance on the first hurdle but then sure. also i don't i don't know that i have as much of an issue with uh restrictions on the the kind of novel isomers if we have access to delta nine the natural one
0: absolutely absolutely because th- that makes more sense you're now it's not something that's been synthesized through a chemical process right absolutely so it's that's another reason why it's not a bad thing that they're going to try to do something to regulate it at least they need to do that you know because right now it's just out there
1: right and i think it's yeah like like a like a thing i know we both agree it's it's you know take those off the market that's fine, but the you know the market has proven this demand. I mean, besides the years of prohibition and the demand that's remained, but now you you've you know you've allowed these products into the market, and okay, if we agree those aren't safe. We have this whole body of work behind the safety and and f- efficacy of what's naturally available. Why don't we why don't we just tidy that up and and hopefully between the pressure that'll put on the yeah, our, our our teacup program and all the national pressure. Hopefully, hopefully we can get some uh, get some progress at the at the state level. Um, yeah, I, I don't know day to day if I, if I have more expectation that it's going to happen faster at the national level or the state level. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's
0: a back and forth from one day to the next. You know, I mean, uh, I personally, I don't know. I got in a discussion with a good friend here uh, last week, in fact. We were talking about, and he's he's got a good point because they did, the way they wrote the Controlled Substances Act, they did write in there to where there is a clause that allows the Attorney General to stipulate whether something can be on the CSA or not, whether it can be on the the list or not, the schedule. And of course, and, and that being there, Attorney General has never acted on it since it's been there, which it's been there since the the law was written in 1970, right? And so it, it, nobody's acting on it. And there's a reason why, because it's it's a back door that that's only going to be temporary if anybody uses it anyway, because they're going to shut the door as fast as you walk through it anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And they know this. The other thing is, is is you know, and I, my point was. His point was he's disheartened because the Obama, all the way back to the Obama administration, nobody's acted on this fact. Well, my point was there's not going to be an administration do it. Mm -hmm. It's going to take Congress to change things at the federal level. And the reason I say that, yeah, they could do an executive order. Or yeah, he could say, hey, Attorney General, I want this done, make it happen. You know? Mm But the problem is, is what like I said before, it's going to be temporary, and then the more that we already got a problem with executive orders. There's way too many of them already, right? Of course, part of the reason for that is because Congress is at a gridlock. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: a, it's a beautiful. And circle. of course,
0: my theory on Congress being at a gridlock is because we got too many old fogey career politicians in there with old ideas and stubborn ways that need. To get out that's my opinion but anyway we're not going to solve the
2: world problems (laughs) pardon this short break for a word from our sponsors hey y'all are you enjoying the guests and content gramps is bringing you each week did you know he does this all on his own no production team and no producers just Gramps. if you like the show please think about becoming a monthly supporter it can be as little as 99 cents per month you would be surprised at how much that can help just follow the link in the show description where it says support this podcast here and as always gramps thanks you for listening and for your support welcome back to gramps place the podcast where Gramps and his guests talk about all things cannabis and cannabis law reform, along with anything else that piques public interests.
0: I take it from what you, where you were leading to with that, though, that your your position on cannabis legalization as a whole is you are for rather than against, right?
1: I am entirely for, um, yeah, all the way, all the way through to rec. Um, but I think I, I share with you my focus personally and my business focus is from the medical perspective. That's what got me to it. Uh, I, I grew up, um, I was an athlete through college. I played D1 sports at a, at a school that chose to test you more intensely than the NCAA. So that just was not an option. I wasn't going to mess with it, uh, was never really exposed to it or around it. And so I found it, uh, really in a, like an athletic performance and recovery perspective as an adult when CBD started to be around. And, you know, from that, I grew up with, a uh, a mom with MS and a, and a dad with, uh, he's had 19 orthopedic surgeries. And, you know, as I started to read more and, and Find the clinical evidence that was out there. It was, uh, yeah, it started to be more and more compelling. But uh, yeah, to go back to your question, I, I think, uh, I think all across the board, it, it's something that, on the rec side, it's the more I get ingrained in and more active in the industry, it's just crazy how prevalent and and acceptable alcohol is with the dangers it has, yet yet cannabis is treated the way it is, and and then also you see the states where it is opened up and nothing is well, falling apart
0: yeah that's that's you know when i first uh my first legislative session that i got involved in was 2019 like i say, i i started branching out got involved with dfw normal in 2018 then texas normal in 2019 and then that was my first trip down to austin was in 2019 uh to lobby anyway and uh i did that did all that and then uh met I actually got to meet because I had been emailing after after the election I emailed my rep and I said hey introduce myself uh would love to meet you I'm going to be in Austin at the Capitol on opening day love to just stop in shake your hand congratulate you on the win and maybe set up an appointment to come back and visit with you on another day, you know, another time. And uh, I wasn't expecting shit back, right? <laughs> I got an email back. wasn't from him, but it was from somebody else, mm-hmm. you know. And they said, so absolutely, come by and stop in. I don't know if we'll get a chance to talk to, to the rep himself, but I'll I'll be more than happy to talk to you and get your information and see about setting up an appointment at a future date. And I thought, cool. You know, so... I get there, and I'm all suited up, suit and tie, the whole bit. And uh, I walk into his office, and uh, as soon as I walked in, the little receptionist, you know, can I help you? And I told her my name, and as soon as I said my name, the guy that emailed me was sitting behind her at another desk, and he stood up, and he held his hand up and said, I got him, you know. And so I went back, and I sat down at at a chair at the end of his desk, and I'm literally facing the hallway that goes back to where the representative's office is. And I can hear him in there. He's having a conversation with somebody that's in his office with him. So I purposely made that conversation last (laughs) as long as I could. Right. Mm -hmm. So sure enough, Within 10, 15 minutes, here comes my rep with whoever he was talking to. I have no idea who it was. Walks him out right up, standing right like next to me and shakes his hand. And as he's turning to to walk away, I stood up. (laughs) (laughs) So I got to meet him, shake his hand, you know. And then we talked right then for probably 10 minutes and I got to tell my son's story. Uh, and my rep, Lynn Stuckey is a, he's a veterinarian by trade. So he talked about how, you know, he said it's not the same as human medicine, obviously, but it's, you know, we, we do know that when we run out of options that we know it's time to start trying something else that mm-hmm. could be a possibility He said, so I'm not against the whole medical idea. He said, but my biggest argument, my biggest concern is, you know, we can't, we got to be careful because we don't, we just don't want everybody doing it. And I said, Mr. Stuckey, with all due respect, I get that. I said, but uh, what you don't understand, number one, anybody who wants to already is. (laughs) that's number one. I said, number two, they have no idea what they're using.
1: Right. Supply chain, security or custody.
0: Uh No testing, no nothing. It's some jackass, grew it in a field, dried it, threw it in a bag and sold it to you. Mm -hmm. You don't know what you're getting. You know, I said, there are advantages because he said, don't talk to me about revenue. I don't even, don't even want to hear that that aspect, right? And I said, there are a multitude of avenues that are considerable points to ponder, way above and beyond just the revenue that the state could get out of this. How many people, our are, are, lives are being ruined legally
2: mm-hmm. over
0: plant matter that don't have to be. I mean, crimes with no victim, we're talking about nonviolent, of course. You know, I, how many how many people's lives, just like my son's, that could maybe uh, be be better, lengthened, or or saved completely, mm-hmm. uh, that we have no idea. I said, you, I realize that doesn't touch base with you. It won't touch base with you until it happens to you. I said, but my only point I can say to that is, it took me. Losing a child. Don't be like me. You know, don't be like me. But those are three points you got to think about. Number one is the most important one. Anybody who will already is. So brings me to my next question. Do you ever think Texas will get there? I
1: do. Um, I like to think on the medical horizon, we'll get there before in my head, 2025. I don't know. Wh- I don't know when on the rec side. On the um, and and when I say get there, I mean I mean like it is as, as robust of a medical program as there should be. Yeah. Um, yeah. On the rec side, I I, I think we're going to be pretty pretty slow to that game. But I mean, I could be wrong on uh, on how the dominoes fall. But that's a really interesting point. I forgot about. Uh, but one of the big hurdles for me with the stigma, just I, I struggle with stigma for a long time after just you know growing up and all the reasons that there, there was there, but you know, I, I had read all the papers and been convinced thoroughly myself, but I had kind of apprehension about starting the business. And I was talking sure. to a medical medical professional about the guilt and or stigma, just the feelings I was having inside. And they're like, look, as as long as it's something coming from a trusted source, I think it, and like taking care of the right way, like it is, it is something to really get behind. And that was the difference for me. I'm like, well, that's the missing piece is a trusted source. And yeah. here we are. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I um I'm I joined the board of the Texas Hemp Coalition a couple weeks ago. I'm I'm trying to really get more um get more active in the on the political scene. Um I've obviously been paying close attention to it, but um we're we're hosting another event. I know you mentioned the other one at A and M uh, not too long ago. But that uh, the Hemp Coalition's doing one in June three and four. Um, uh, that is a summit uh, at AM that's gonna be okay. Involved I hadn't heard bat- about that one. Yep, I'll get you some information afterwards, but that should be another good one. Um, we're still trying to, okay, trying to build cool.
0: up. Yeah, Yeah, um, there are a couple of things that I was going to mention that came out of that that conference at at A and M that I went to. It was one was uh, you were talking earlier about the uh, the difficulties and the worries about you know your crop going hot, you know, and, and exceeding that limitation, and they're doing some some wonderful work at Texas A&M. Uh, it's part of the reason why they sponsored our event and they're probably, probably why they're having something to do with y'alls as well. But uh, they're, they're doing wonderful work with genetics to where you, you ain't going to have to worry about that anymore. You're going to be able to plant a crop and it's not possibly ever going to go hot. It's pretty, pretty interesting some of the stuff that they were showing us there that they've been able to do and achieve. So... And then there was, there was another uh person there from the trichome Institute, uh, Max Montrose. I don't know if you you're aware of who he is or heard of heard of him.
1: Another institute.
0: Um he you know, there's always been the six trichomes, right? right. Well they've they've isolated a seventh. And they've isolated the genetics of this seventh trichome, and then they handed it at this conference to those that research team at Texas A&M. So that's all some pretty interesting stuff for me. I mean that was mind blowing for me because I'm obviously not as into it as you are, but uh that's that's pretty wild stuff. Uh, but the 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 leader, the the team leader. But the doctor that's basically leading that research team at Texas A and M, he he was in several conversations with several people and I was just kind of standing around listening. But he was talking about what you were talking about earlier with the, the Texas and the the adult use. Uh and he's saying it's probably gonna be at least a decade. Unless federal goes sooner.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep.
0: You know, and I tend to agree with that. Federal is a, good, is a big card player in Texas that a lot of people don't understand and has to do with money. Mm-hmm. Because Texas mm-hmm. doesn't have a state income tax. So Texas employees pay all their income tax to the federal government, and the federal government turns around and writes the state of Texas a check. So I think, I think personally, because of that fact, that's been one of the things that holds Texas back on the, the recreational or whatever adult use, however you want to call it, is because you know, well, we can't go against the Fed, and even, right. you even you haven't heard that terminology mentioned in regard to cannabis law reform. But you have heard even Governor Abbott in recent years say, "Well, we got to be careful about this because the Fed could withhold funds if we do that." And it's the same thing with cannabis law; they just haven't said it publicly, you know.
1: Isn't that, it wasn't that the same game that was played uh <clears throat> between the federal and the states with alcohol and uh, they sure. wouldn't give them the highway money. And that's why sure. Louisiana like got behind on that for a while and, or didn't change. And then they finally had to, that makes, yeah, that makes sense.
0: And, and just, believe yeah. it or not, if you look into the history books, a lot of that had to do with why states went to state income taxes mm. that didn't have them before was because, you know, well, we'll, we'll solve that problem. They ain't going to hold that one over us anymore, you know. And uh, interesting. Uh, it's interesting that Texas never has caught on to that. But people are dead set against that state income tax in Texas. You know, Well, speaking of of legalities and, and getting this narrative changed, what are some things you think advocates can do here in Texas and at the national level to further this narrative in the right direction?
1: Um, I mean, I think uh, don't be shy about about talking about it, about posting about it, um, about the, the changes it's made in your life. Um, I think go be seen with it. That's one of the goals of our, of our facility being where it is. I mean, we're, we're, we spend a lot of time today and we're working towards uh, opening up for, for some kind of small group tours like a brewery or distillery would, where you can come and you know take pictures and, and see it and, and make it seem less of a taboo, intangible item, especially for, for people who are, who are very, uh, Suspicious of, of the law and things. I mean, this is, we got a fully legal uh, setup that you can come see and, and, and experience. Um, but yeah, I think just, just trying to remember that uh, it's, it is a medicine and it is really helping people and saving lives. And, you know, we were, we were taught and told a lot for a long time and there's a lot of confusing stuff out there now. But um, if it, it, for me, it, it helped to, to really dive into, um, I guess to have the confidence to speak out about it, besides conversations like these, the more of these that I've had, the more confident and comfortable I am, but really the ha- dive into the science on your own and and make yourself confident that it is what, it, what we're all talking about it. You know, it's, I think there's a very easy uh, hesitation in that. It's like, well, it's people that just love to get high and they're trying to figure out whatever way they need to, to get it across the board. And some people that may be it and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that.
0: I promise you you there are some people that that's the case, right? I mean, there are, there's no doubt about that.
1: Yeah. And no judgment. And this is similar way that if, Hey, if, if you're a passionate wine drinker or whiskey drinker, and you want to talk passionately about that, that is your prerogative. And I, and I hope you can celebrate that too. Um, there's just the added benefit here of the medicine and, and the fact that that is being withheld from people that, that need it and can benefit from it. And, um, you know, more dangerous and or costly and less effective alternatives are, are are there instead. So.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing to me what, what reasoning there was behind the the original reasoning behind making it illegal. And then when they figured out they could use it to control people and certain groups of people, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it started in the thirties, but, but actually it started in the teens, but, um, the 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 idea that they could control certain groups of people didn't come about until the 60s and 70s it's it's crazy
1: the 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 widespreading reach too of that, that lingers into today and the whole reason like we make our isolate based products of like you can hold entire employment over over people's head you know just from like a and the difference of of cannabinoids and them being fat soluble and the way they're stored in your body and for the most part like you can't risk being a, a even like a one or two time user because it's going to show up versus these more dangerous substances that that like cocaine or amphetamines that are being in and out of your system in a heartbeat. So people will risk that.
0: Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. It's kind of yeah. crazy. So tell our listeners where they can find uh, Power Power Bio Farms and your products.
1: Um, right now PowerBioFarms.com. Um, we do have a unique spelling. It is power like the power plugs so P-O-W-E-R, but then bio farms b i o p h a r m s uh kind of nod to the medical um focus of our of our operation but um yeah that would be that would be the primary focus we'll slip, ship uh to anywhere there's restrictions on some delta eight products but outside of that um shipped anywhere and uh and look for more information soon and we'll have it on the website and and social about uh the upcoming things including potentially those tours
0: i want to thank you for coming on the show and, and telling us about your about your business and your your location there and, and giving us your your ideas on what we can do to further this subject along
1: thank you very much for having me on it's been a real pleasure absolutely grand
0: place podcast where i bring you the doctors scientists patients politicians and ordinary everyday people to talk about anything and everything with facts and first-hand reports so you can make your own decisions on important issues cannabis law reform politics criminal justice government and economics are just a few as always i thank you for listening and for your generous support